welcome to episode 65 of the Stallion Fantate Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Yvonne Ackerman. <gasps> I'm Tamara Lavala. And Zan Maddox. Oh, oh that's not improv. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yes. You're right. They didn't even need to do a run through on that. Yeah, they, people they really can are figure professionals. Out the intro. <laughs> I, I feel like I want to do mine over. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> I, 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 I'm Zan Maddox. That was very. Yeah, he's she got a really good voice. <laughs> My chick. Uh, is this your first podcast that you've ever recorded? Uh, in person. I've done some on the phone or I've, you know, like Skyped maybe or something. But yeah, this is my first in the same room with a very fancy headset. I, I'm a mic. virgin. <laughs> yes, that's true. In Are you talking ways, about the podcast? Or? Or? <laughs> just sexually. This is, this is our first four-person podcast, which is very exciting. Yeah, too. we're just operating just all cylinders here. I so, don't know where to look. <laughs> I know, that's true. I was, we I need a mirror in the middle. We'll yeah. work on that. So we should introduce um, these two lovely people. We should. So we've got Tamara and Zan here. Great friends. Great of friends of ours. Married of to us. one another. Yes. Yes. Uh, Business partners. We. I met them. Lovers. Maybe. <laughs> how long ago? Like four or five years ago. They each uh, were owners in a design company, and they helped our CPA firm kind of do our logo, our whole website. And then we became friends, and Tamara kind of stepped back for that and started her own chocolate business, which is freaking cool batch craft. She like semi-retired at like yeah, 30. Yeah, I, I eased <laughs> Yeah, she's 23. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> But she does a lot of design. She designed all of Huda where we're sitting here right now. Yeah, it's very like convergence right now. I feel like, oh, that wall. I remember when I first conceived of these it's, things. Yeah, like it's pretty amazing. Like yeah, you designed Huga, which is where, I mean, everybody knows about Huga. Yeah, and yeah. and Zan has, does photography and all of our photography on our CNA, or CPA websites. That's correct. Yeah. All up there. And the portraits were the funnest. Yeah. Yeah. And my LinkedIn headshot. Yes. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which I was like, uh, please airbrush that to all hell and then I'll be good. And so he did. And I'm really grateful. <laughs> Ad- Adobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did. He was like, here's one of what you really look like. And I was like, oh. Let's just do one that's like a little, you know, <laughs> not what I look like. And that, and then I was happy. <laughs> so, so let's get right into chocolate. Wow. So, that was fast. That was yeah. fast. You didn't even, yeah. Like, enough no, of this small no, talk right, well, bullshit. Okay. Well, yeah. no, no foreplay so, here. So yes. we were doing design. So what made you want to step back at your young age and like shift gears? Because obviously you're really yeah. damn good at design. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I still do it. I still have um, a small handful of clients who get being one of them that I still do that work for. Um, I just had been, you know, I had been making work for clients for a couple decades, you know, for 20 years and teaching the next generation of designers and illustrators. And I was very grateful for that work. I had been able to do it alongside Zan all that time. So that felt very special. But I think I was just at that place where I was asking that question of what would I do if I didn't have a client brief? You know, what kind of stuff would I make and put into the world? And then chocolate weirdly just took off. So I really, it was an excuse to, it was sort of like this flirtation with Zan. I didn't eat a lot of dark chocolate. I didn't like a lot of dark chocolate. We were trying to get healthier. So it was this thing that kind of happened accidentally, I guess. You know, we just started exploring it, and then I really wanted to package it. I wanted to design everything around it. And once I did that and the world was responding to it, and I would show up and suddenly I was the chocolate lady, it was like, wait, but like for 40 plus years, I've been making art and suddenly people know me as the chocolate lady. So I just try to get out ahead of it. I was like, all right, now is the time. If I don't commit to my personal work, the chocolate thing is going to be all people remember and know. So I was just like emboldened by it. Like if they can like get excited about the chocolate and support the chocolate, what if I was pushing that kind of energy into my personal work? Like what would that look like? So, and it's been wild. It's been two years this December and uh, it's been very well received. Lots of good things have come of it. So chocolate was the the impetus to make me. Can just you talk a little bit more into the? Market? Oh yeah. Okay. So there sorry. So Batchcraft, so it's shy. not. It's about small small batches of things that you curate, exactly. right? So it's not just chocolate. So it started with chocolate. Yeah. Now it's. Yeah. Yeah. So I sort of did it that way intentionally, knowing that it wouldn't just be chocolate. But initially, I thought it would be. 
you know, we started exploring again, if we're, we want to be healthier and we want to treat ourselves more respectfully and think more sustainably um, about our environment and, and animals, you know, we were starting to go more plant-based. So it was like, it'll be small batch lip balms and small batch other things. You know, I knew it would just be like made by hand. We'd work for 20 years digitally and virtually. And I really missed that whole, like, we're making these things by our hand um, in small batches. So I just knew like that would be the, the theme that tied everything together. That would be how the work was related, but I didn't want to limit it. So I felt like batch just made, you know, kind of this beautifully like big umbrella under which things could fall. And then the artwork became a perfect extension because the bars were like limited editions, which is really how artists release work. You know, you make a print, you make a limited run. So we sort of did that with the bars. And then when it was time to release the work, it felt like, yeah, it's a good natural way to do it. So are you yeah. going, and so you're on batch 14 of the chocolate or 15? Yeah, this was 13. This now was you're 13. making me question. Okay. <laughs> it was 13. 13, yeah, like, okay. Yeah, this was 13 that just came out. Uh, so 14 will be early 2019. And no plans to stop? The chocolate? No, or? so the beautiful thing was when we started doing it, we were like, this is so stupid. Like, why are we doing that? Well, maybe, I don't know who said that. I'm saying we, but um, Zan was just along for the ride. Zan's <laughs> nodding, though. Yeah. We were like, stupid. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Definitely <laughs> nodding. Yeah, for sure. No, he, like, you know, he would have probably never figured out, like, how to make a business out of it, per se, but that's just my entrepreneurial tendency. It's how my brain thinks. Um, but the pressure of like, oh no, we've created another business. What have we done? Because we'd often been running two at a time. Um, we sort of lessened the pressure on ourselves by saying, you know, I don't know where this is going to go. And I don't think we're going to be doing this big, these big, huge outputs like a chocolate factory. But the beauty is like we can now always make chocolate for the rest of our life together. And whether we just have it for something that we enjoy personally or with friends or whether we actually release it to the world... Like, I don't know, there was, like, this beautiful, like, peace and, like, okay, like, there's no pressure. Like, we'll just always make chocolate. Like, and there's not a time on it. You don't have to do a batch every yeah, like, whatever. Totally. It's... Yeah, we started making more, and then actually we've scaled down. So these last two years, I think, have been just two releases, and people get excited and they wait for it. Um, but because they're tied to trips oftentimes, it's sort of just been, it's just made more sense. It's like, you know, we do these one or two big trips a year, and then the batch is influenced by it. So it felt very, it just felt very right. And no one's like, that's the beauty of it. Like no one can tell us like, oh, you need to make more chocolate. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't. It's the synergy of it too. Yeah. You've got your art and the chocolate exactly. and the trips and it's you well, guys I'm, together too. Yeah. yeah. Talk about your trips a little bit because you kind of inspired us to take a big oh, trip. Because when we first yes. met you and I was working with you guys on the CPA side and you're like, yeah, we're going to be gone for uh, <laughs> six months <laughs> and we're not going to be able to talk. Right. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so kind of talk about how you started, you know, you were running a business. Yeah, You guys yeah. were, sit Steve, 7% of the business. Sure. Yeah. And uh, you just decided to take trips, kind of. Yeah, well, it was, you know, it seemed very all of a sudden, but it happened over a long period of time. A lot of things happened in our lives that got us to that place where we realized we were running multiple businesses, plus I was teaching at some point and, would be speaking, and, and as you do, I think, in your 20s and 30s, you're just sort of feeling the boundaries of your life and, and what fits and what makes you happy and, and how you can be of service and value, and and then you sort of at some point are exhausted, but you just keep doing it, and so we, um, we had a, a few things happen where we were like, if we don't slow down and go do these things that we say are important to us, it's never going to happen. Yeah, there are just times when you need to reevaluate. Yeah, so we reshuffled the deck, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, it was really about saying, um, well, what are those things, first and foremost? Because it's different for everybody. I think travel is this thing that everyone thinks they want to do, but travel's hard. You know, travel's not, it's not perfect. Like, there's this utopic idea of it. But for us, it was important. It was like, it's hard sometimes and challenging, but it's really a priority. And it was just about like booking a ticket and saying, we work really hard for our clients and we really give them everything. And if they can't be okay with us taking a little time for ourselves, then maybe it'll be a self-selecting process. Maybe we'll find other clients who do understand it. And I think that's the beauty when you find someone who not only understands it, but is inspired, inspired to do it. Yeah, I think yeah, most yeah. clients too, like you're harder on yourself than the client is. For and sure. You, yeah. you think that, you know, they're going to be so upset, but... 
Yeah. They're not. They're going to miss you so much. Yeah. <laughs> and then a month a month goes by and it's like no one's affected by it. As yeah. long as you plan accordingly and you let everyone know ahead of time. And that's what we started to realize. We were the ones that were saying, or maybe I was the one that was saying, like, I need to be here. Like, I'm, I'm of such value. And everyone's life would fall apart. And that's so not true. It's so, it's so the opposite. In fact, people are invigorated and inspired and are supportive. You know, I, I'd had clients for years say, like, why are you emailing me on a weekend? Or why are you emailing me? At, like, go to bed or go get a life. Yeah. <laughs> Even employees who would be like, go home, Tamara. You know, so well, it was think, good. I think with social, we really wanted it to be a lifestyle company for you know, sure. the whole time. Yeah, for sure. So, Yeah, it was, a, it was a priority to build the kind of business that we wanted to work in and um, a place where we respected the people that worked for us and with us. Um, in a way that you have a life outside of this. And so we had to lead by example, too. Like, you could say that, but if you're constantly sending emails to them on Saturday, you know what I mean? There's an expectation that's unspoken. And once we did it, and once it was great, the first trip was two weeks to Italy, and then we were like, ooh, no, we, we did it's that. It's three weeks. Oh, I'm sorry, three weeks to Italy. Yeah. Um, and then that just sort of, we would just book the next trip and then figure out how to get there. Just once we bought the tickets, we realized we're in now. So we have to save the money. We have to like clear our schedule. And then that became like, how does this inform the creative process? Like, how can we use this to fuel the chocolate? And most recently to fuel the art. You know, how do we say like, this is our life. This is our experience. And as artists, how do we then share that with people? So it just, it was just this really beautiful, organic thing that we couldn't have thought of at the time. It seems so simple and obvious now, but... It really just sort of evolved that way. So so when you were in Italy on that first longer trip, no emails, nothing? Did you guys completely unplug from no, work? No, the first trip we probably worked a little, uh, me specifically probably more. I, there were a few, the first few trips I struggled. I still had like, I was tethered to a laptop in a car <laughs> or um, Zan was always better at like turning that off and it took me a while. Um, and I would just take her arm and say, okay, it's time to get on this train or, you know, when we had to Literally go, lead me like, to. you know, we landed in Milan and then we went to Cinque Terre. And so it just, I'd just grab her and say, okay, we got to, we got to get yeah. moving. And we so. also blogged a lot in the beginning about our trips because we weren't sure if that was something that we wanted to do more specifically. So that was work, as you know, like trying to like be on the trip, but think about the trip and write about the trip and photograph the trip. And so that was like, it took a while to figure out exactly what, we would do and how we do it. But eventually, again, if I stop and I close the laptop and I don't answer emails and I really say I'm gone, will people be okay? And they were. And then it became easier to, to not feel guilty and to really enjoy yeah. the trips and the places. I think the next big one was the the 30 by 30, the drive across the country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there was a little too much work on that trip still, but yeah. so was what was better. the thirty by thirty? Tell us about that. Uh, we just decided we were going to do a trip across country. We gave ourselves a month, and we wanted to at least see thirty cities in a in a substantial way. So we hit more, but some were just quick yeah. lunch stops or whatever. And we had started to get into chocolate a little bit, so we use it as an excuse to be like, "What chocolate shops <laughs> can we hit on the way?" So it, was, it ended up being a good um, a good way to map out a path absolutely what was the best chocolate shop you hit along the way or the most memorable Ooh, that's a good question i don't know i well, mean we put them on the spot I know, guys I know. Like, <laughs> well the first thing that? that came to mind for me was a ritual uh, yeah yeah, but, yeah they were in denver at the time okay. yeah they're in they denver moved. now that yeah now they're in park city and it was tiny it was like their shop was as big as the room we're sitting in wow. the actual shop shop you know it was like three women in there busting out some bars yeah um, I, fruition was the first we visited of any significance that really kicked it off for us. We were in New York visiting family, didn't really know what being a mark totally meant yet, but realized somebody was doing that about an hour or two from where my family was from. And that's kind of how we backed into it because we visited him. We were so excited. It was such an art form. And then he happened to say, Hey, if you ever want cacao beans and we we're like that's silly <laughs> like, we would never need to do that that's intense yeah. <laughs> like who would make their own chocolate at home what's the city that he's located in again he's in uh Shokan or okay. something like yeah. something small small place yes yeah, yeah. outside of like the hudson valley area or in that um beautiful part of the state so that kicked and we were just like no that's crazy we'll never make chocolate oh we just want to and if you guys it. are ever up there you need to oh. go to phoenicia the, the town yeah. of Phoenicia, and there's this awesome little diner there. 
Kauf- definitely yeah. Diner. I think they moved it, like relocated it when it was like little streamlined, like silver old school diners. And a lot of people come up from the city and just drive there and go. And they have his chocolate on the menu. They do like a, a drinking chocolate. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they do a good That's job. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so bean to bar. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Yeah. So, so Batchcraft is being You've kind bar. of been like jumping around. I know. All I feel stuff, like I don't even, I'm okay. like out of body right now. What are we saying? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you people? Why am I? What's this thing on my head? <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, there's just a lot. You guys just do a lot. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Well, and your story is just so cool how you started that social design and all this stuff. And then you just kind of back let it all go and started something new, <laughs> which is really cool. Away. So, so back to chocolate. So, yes. So you meet these people. So, so how'd you decide I'm going to make my first chocolate bar? So we were kind of like, the way that I tell it is um, I was learning how to bake because we were at that point in our 30s and eating way too much sugar and, and way too many desserts. And I was like, we really need to like get a handle on this. So what we are don't, you talking about? We don't know anything about that <laughs> stage. I don't, I don't, Stop I don't looking even think me. about like how you guys maintain. How, yeah. Uh, well, we, we were I don't either. feeling the effects of it for sure. And just nervous about, um, what that would look like in the future. If we didn't control it. We're planning on living to 37. So. <laughs> it looks like my 600 pound life. That's what it looks like. <laughs> now you guys make it look easy. I, I, I hate you for it. But, um, so I was like, and again, Zan was being into dark chocolate, and I had kind of heard little bits, like most people do, that chocolate's good for you. And I was like, well, what does that mean, chocolate's good for you? And then you read a little bit about the Abroma cacao, and you're like, oh, okay. It was this really beautiful, medicinal, spiritual thing, plant, that we turned into what we think of as like really sweet milk chocolate. But there is this uh, inherently good part of you know cacao that, that is good for you. There are lots of good things about it. So the darker, the better. It was just the real basic gist of it. And so I started making like peanut butter cups and almond butter cups because, again, I didn't love dark chocolate, but I like chocolate and peanut butter or, you know. And so when they were just eating the cups in front of our fireplace sitting there one day and Zan says, I wonder where chocolate comes from. And I was just like, the store. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's literally all I knew. I literally had no idea. And then dug in deeper and found out like, oh, it's this thing that, you know, there's these beans that grow in a pod, that grow on a tree, that grow along the equator, and it's this beautiful thing with this big history. So it was just sort of like we were intrigued. And then there's this big renaissance happening that in the United States, people are making chocolate that rivals or even sometimes... I was going to say trumps, but that's not the word I want to use. <laughs> we can't use that <laughs> word anymore. It's been Someone's retired. Like, Hit me. Um, or, or sometimes it's even better than chocolate made in Europe. You know, countries we associate with this amazing history. Like Switzerland. Exactly. Or, yeah. It's better than like the, the, yes, yeah. exactly, the Swiss chocolate. And so it was like, well, what is that about? And so um, discovered some folks talking about that. Like, yeah, because people are bringing it back to its roots and make it in these smaller batches, they're they're sourcing higher quality cacao, big fine flavor cacao versus this like, you know, kind of how coffee. It was a similar kind of arc with coffee. And versus these big farms where the coffee's over over, it's not produced sustainably and they're not the best quality bean. But then they're over roasted and they're all mixed together and it's homogenized and we lose the flavor and the profiles. It was much more like it's like wine where we're celebrating these regions. We're thinking about terroir. We're thinking about flavor and how you know different origins and different. Um, conditions produce different flavors. And so it was just like, it was just intriguing. And it was just a good excuse to say, well, we already want to travel and we already want to travel based on food. Because <laughs> a lot of our travels were just like, where do we want to eat? Let's plan trips there. Something I think you all understand. And now it was like, well, where do we want to eat chocolate? Let's plan trips there. So it just started that way. Like we really weren't planning to make it. It was just like, let's go support this movement and see what that tastes like and see what that means. Definitely. I think another little side story, uh, I have, uh, or I had a great-grandmother who lived oh, to be 103, yeah. and uh, she ate chocolate every day. And so, wow. you know, I'd like to live a very long time as well. And, and so in that that's research, where, we also learned that the oldest living human being, and I can't think of her name now, she was like 126 and a half, drank port wine and had chocolate every day as well. And Suzanne was like, done. Like, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> like, this is happening. Right. Yeah, so. your grandma likes chocolate a lot too, Jason, and yeah. she's 97. That's yeah, good. but she likes Hershey bars. I know, I was going to say, <laughs> does it, it doesn't really count. Well, you know, whatever, I think, again, that placebo effect, whatever we tell yeah. ourselves is it working, be, is, is yeah. half of the efficacy, I think, is yeah. what we think 
is is going to make us live a long time. So, yeah, it was it was definitely part of that story in the beginning. It, it was. was it was intriguing. It was so romantic, and it was, but it was just this whole new way of hearing about chocolate and thinking about chocolate. That for me anyway was like, oh, I'm in. Like I want to know more. Yeah. And so it's funny that we started a chocolate business still before I really understood and appreciated. Yeah. And really definitely. enjoyed chocolate, which is good because then I could control myself too. Like if we started a cupcake business, it would definitely be my six hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This is like you know, it's easier to control yourself. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, a little bit of dark chocolate, like a, you know, for sure, a square or two, I'm good. It's satisfying. Yeah. So yeah. what? When was what was the like what was batch one? Like what were your flavors? Yeah. How did you get to batch one? Ooh, damn, you guys. Yeah. Um, wow. I feel like there was a chili pepper involved in batch probably one. Probably a coffee inclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably and then a coffee. Just a dark bar, probably. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. At the time, that seemed really. But how did like, you get crazy. so? You like chocolate. How do you get to the point where, hey, I'm going to start making bars? In your well, in your kitchen. Yeah. So we right? started making them like with cocoa powder, cocoa butter, and sugar. And okay. we were doing it like without any equipment. And it was kind of disgusting. It was really like, Grainy. it looked like chocolate, but it tasted kind of awful. Just still. like double boiler, like on the stove sort of? Well, it was, yeah, melting the cocoa yeah. butter and then just mixing it all together. We and tried different things. on. Tempering uh, my hand. Spread it out. On the table. Or yeah. on the, um. No, granite. I was about to say, yeah, granite. Can't do this. You're on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> I really didn't think it'd come up that someone would tap the table, but I didn't think about tempering. Yeah, I tell all of our guests, don't tap the table. Right. Here just comes Zan. Deafened half of your guests. So that's to get the temperature right, right? Is that yeah, what tempering is? Yeah, there's this whole is? chemistry part of chocolate that's so ridiculous. But yeah, the molecules have to realign. They have to be warmed, cooled, and then warmed to exact mm. temperatures within a degree or else they don't temper, and which means your chocolate either blooms, it gets kind of cloudy, uh, or it just doesn't Have ever get hard enough. It yeah. stays kind of mushy or oily. And yeah. so that was the part where... And then it was all by hand, and it was before we had our access to cacao beans. and Or a tempering machine. Yeah. Wow. So And then we were like, okay, we're making it, and we're having these little tastings where we'd like, like buy chocolate, invite our friends over, and put our bar, you know, break it up, and like serve like three Without or four bars. Knowing. Yeah. Initially, it was pretty clear, like, yeah, there's one gross one. <laughs> that was usually ours. <laughs> We're like, yeah, I like chocolate, gross. but what the, the hell, hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Number three, not so much. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, it, like, started to, like, oh, ours was, like, two out of three or four. Like, ours was starting to move up. We're like, oh, we're starting to figure it out. Um, and that's where we got back with fruition. Brian, again, I can't say enough. I was just like, hey, remember months ago when you said you'd sell us cacao? You know, could we still do that? And we bought, I remember we bought nine pounds. We bought three different origins, three pounds each, which is not a lot. Uh, and then f- had to like figure out what to do. And so we were literally roasting them and then cracking them by hand mm-hmm. and like peeling, peeling them, them one cacao hand. bean at a time. That's We'd watch crazy. a movie with a bowl. Yeah. We would just peel cacao until oh we were like, our gosh. fingertips <laughs> were like, you know, hurting. It was, it was insane. Yeah. But then we, then we, okay, so now we've got real cacao and now we have, more of the real ingredients, but we still hadn't have a way to to refine it because the idea is um, you need to refine the cacao bean so that it can be creamy. It could make what we think of as creamy chocolate. Otherwise, stone grinding very, basically. Yeah, so we had a very kind of quote unquote rustic chocolate, which like grainy was very grainy. Yeah, very crunchy. Which we had almost. some chocolate like that in Sicily. I actually really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like Tazas some, is kind of like that Yeah, too. like some places do that on purpose. Yeah. Totally. Which yeah. I like texture. Modica. So. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what it's called in Sicily. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that? Okay. Well, and, sure. and and again, part part of the reason that we only release two times a year is it's it really is labor intensive. I mean, it takes yeah. a long time and it's very specific how you have to do it. Which we like, but it's not something that we want to do every day. You can't just churn it out or else you would, you know. You I mean, some Hershey's people love bar. that. They love <laughs> yeah. that process and they, they don't mind doing that every day, week after week. But, you know, it's just not something that we would choose to do. Yeah, so. I think it's a, it takes us about a month from when we source the bean to when we end up with a packaged bar. Um, and we certainly could ramp that up. But, you know, we eventually acquired the equipment because we wanted to make chocolate that started to taste a little better. And so it was like, again, we were like freaking out like we just bought these things like what are we doing and then we had that moment of like it's okay we can do this forever like now that we have it there's no pressure like we're whether just we sell it. or yeah. not but then of course people are like we would take it to parties just because it was a fun thing to share and then people can we can we buy it and so that's really how it sort of yeah. you know well if we sold it we could buy some more equipment and then you know 
make it even better. Ramp it up a little bit. Yeah. But then you sort of really see the future of like, okay, unless we want a chocolate factory and people working for us and this thing just going 24 hours a day, we need to make a decision here and now about what that looks like. And that, you know, led to the whole limited edition. Like, they're going to be special and they're going to be limited. And when they're gone, they're gone. And not on like a trip, not on like an experience. That's right. You know, and that was sort of like, we liked the beauty in that. So... It worked. So no plans to have a chocolate factory uh, with no. hundreds yeah. of employees. No, no. <laughs> no as entrepreneurals yeah. as we are, I think we've learned now that like Zan and the chocolate yeah. factory. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. No, it's it's definitely it's easy to say no and feel good about that. In I fact, think. we already sold out of this most recent batch. You guys bought one one of the last two, yeah. two oh, trios. Interesting because yeah. they have not made it to the oh, house. I mean, they probably won't. <laughs> oh, you didn't know? Uh, I, I, he mentioned it, and then where are they? I'm normally one of the first. I try to compete with Garrett to be the you first one, but for some reason this time, like I saw it and I was like, oh, I'll do it later. And then he texted me. I was like, oh shit, I have to buy the chocolate because I know it sells out fast. And, so this uh, was your Iceland batch, yes, yeah. correct? Yep. Yeah, and they're uh, on this last one. So they uh, so. It seems like what you'd like to do is you do one that's pure dark chocolate, so 90%, 80 to 90% dark chocolate. That's Tim's love letter to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah. by request. Yeah. Zan's request. Yes. A, a and pure then, bar. And then you Zan. do two that are influenced either on your travels or something else. Right. And this time it was uh, Icelandic, uh, it was salt, Icelandic mm-hmm. salt and berries. So it's an Icelandic wild berry salt. Yeah, yeah they wild actually, berry salt. Um, Iceland is run on geothermal power. So it's the only, far as they, according to the website, geothermal powered salt maker in the world. And they take the flake salt that they produce and they combine it with wild berries collected on the island that they dehydrate. So it's this beautiful, like fuchsia colored salt. And the bar is a um, kind of an homage to the volcanoes of Iceland because they're these black lava volcanoes, but they're covered, they're snow-capped, you know, so they have the, they're white with snow. Yeah. And so they're this beautiful, like, it's a volcano, but it's a mountain in snow. So the bar is, like, half dark, half white, and then it's got a sprinkling of the salt. So it's sort of, you know, that's my memory of, of one of the things I experienced in Iceland, and it was sort of our interpretation visually of, of what that felt like and... Yeah, the bars are so pretty, like you don't want to eat them, but then I eat them anyway. <laughs> but uh, what I also like about wow. them is it says... Uh, Where is this bar? <laughs> um, you saved me a bite. We still have three that... Uh, at the office? At, at the office. office. They may or may not come home. I don't know. <laughs> okay. uh, they, uh, but also, obviously, the packaging is incredible. Oh. And it says, made with love and OCD yes. in yeah. Rock Hill, South Carolina, which, which I, love I love. Because people, a lot of times people joke about OCD, but... Uh, you know, Tamara, Tamara has OCD. Tamara, Tamara and I have it for real. In the I, best way, Tamara. though. In, I mean, all these, yeah. it's just immaculate. Can we talk about your house and how perfect it is? Oh, well, Would that be you. too much of a window into you all? First of all, your house, we, we've already called when you're going to sell it. We're going to be in there. So okay. it's going to be our Sounds house good. one day. It's like a showroom. I mean, it's like, I mean, and they'll just... The art, it's so cool. You showed cool. me your closet and you're like, oh, it's a mess right now. You have like five things. Like I just, I went home and I threw out a whole bunch of stuff and I'm not anywhere near on your level. Like you guys are my inspiration it's for minimalism. Yeah, like people talk much. about minimalism and that's what everybody wants to do. And like, I don't know. I kind of felt like we were doing it until I saw what you guys were doing. And I was like, yeah, I was we sleeping in long, bed and then there was hoarders. like nothing in the room. It's like, what happened? No, we're hoarders compared comparatively. I, so. I, yeah. I just, I want to just know. be, I don't know. Is that like amazing to have such like, your space is very calming because of that. Thank like you, you walk into your house and it's just yeah. like, I feel like, of course you guys can create there because you have yeah. the space. Like, is that part of it? Well, I was about to say, you know, when you travel a good bit, you start to learn. I mean, you don't want to check bags. You don't want to, you yes, know, you want to. We don't at least. We don't. No, I we mean, don't yeah. either. Yeah. I think the point is, is you just want to travel <laughs> as minimally as possible. And I do not. Look at me. How many <laughs> shoes do you bring Tamara? Oh, I usually bring a pair of sneaks and then just a pair of shoes that I can wear into a restaurant. So two. And I usually just Zan, bring Zan sandals. Oftentimes. That's it. What yeah. are the restaurant shoes? Are they are they heels? Are they and they're flats? Not, no, they're not. I'm not fancy like that. They're fancy enough that if someone were to look at my feet, they wouldn't reject me at the door. <laughs> and that's like my only... Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be like, those are muddy hiking <laughs> yeah, boots. Okay. We're, we're getting there. All right. Yeah. We're going to get they there. They can be functional. Yeah. And it, it took us a while too. We did the same trajectory that most people do. We acquired again in our 20s and probably 30s mm-hmm. still. And... 
Um, and then the more we were trying to move about the world, backpacking was really, again, a huge motivator because Absolutely. once we started to realize we could live out of a backpack for weeks on end, then you really question a lot. You're like, well, then why do I need seven pair of shoes for this week? You know, and so that was like lots of things combined got us there. Um, and we're still, do, we're still on, Absolutely. you know, we're still on that path. I mean, I think we look at our home now and we are so grateful and it feels good and, uh, you know, thank you for saying that it feels yeah. calming because I think that's, good. but there's still places and things and ideas we have about streamlining further. And we, we don't envision becoming monks and having, what is it, seven <laughs> yeah. possessions or nine, yeah. I forget what the, t- the number is, but. Or like a tiny house. You guys want a tiny oh, house? Yeah. A tiny yeah, we, house I yeah. think would be okay. A, yeah. a, a travel home is what we are saying is our next home. Something we can that lock we can, it up yeah. and not worry about anything, you know. If you like want to go for six months or something. Right, yeah. I think we envision the future with more longer. time on the road. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> All about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did a month and I was like, yeah, I could... You could do longer. I mean, it's, it's crazy that when like a month away, yeah. it seems like it's going to be so long. And just like time at home, I mean, it flies. It Once does. you get into it, I think that's the part when people say I go for seven days, I'm like, I'm not even really into it for seven days. Yes. You know, it's almost like I'm getting the new rhythm down, whether there's a time change or a culture change or, or just getting out of my normal daily routine. Like it takes me about a week to almost like settle in. And so that's why the trips just got longer for us. It was just like we're spending all this money to fly here and to get here. And then we're finally relaxing and getting into it. And it's time to turn around and go home. That seems weird. And we were just fortunate that we structured our life in a way that we could do that. Like I get that not everyone has the ability to, but I think more people probably could if they were creative enough to figure out how. And decided to. And if they wanted to. to. I think the other thing too, yeah, I think people think they want to, but to actually want to and to enjoy it is, I don't want anyone to feel badly if they don't travel. I don't think that's the point. It's think, not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think if we're, we're inspiring anyone to do anything, it's just to do more of what it is that makes you feel challenged or stimulated or happy. I don't, you know, travel isn't the point. Chocolate's not the point. Yeah. It's just sort of like knowing what feeds you and understanding what maybe doesn't and having more of the first and less of the latter. That's really... Yeah. Making room for it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, talk, so you guys have... You went to... Um, Noto in Sicily. We yes. did. And you guys inspired. We went over to your house and you made us homemade pasta and it was amazing. And we tried to make it with you and uh, that didn't <laughs> last did too long. No, you did, was good. Good. I, we did good. We did good. Orichette, right? We did good like if a two-year-old was like <laughs> no. just like trying to get potty trained and they like missed the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> they missed the toilet by a little bit and you're like, good job. That's how. <laughs> you're like, you no. tried. No. Yeah. But you told Jason about this trip and he went home. That night, well, he, there was a new chef's, chef's table, table yeah. that night, and, yeah. and you're like, "Have you seen the latest chef's table?" And I was like, "No," because I'd only watched the first one with Christina's Tosi. The second one was with, um, I forgot the guy's name. I know. I was like, "No, I'm trying to." Um, oh gosh. Yeah, very Italian. Fabulous old Italian Shishi, guy. Yeah, Cafe Sicilia yeah. is the, uh, but I forget the guy's name. Yeah. And uh, you're like, you have to watch this. We've been there. And Without and meaning to it. go there too. That was the most. It was a part. totally rainy day, and it was. The closest cafe that was yeah, open. and well, you would never know. It's he's like a world famous guy, and That's the right. stuff he's doing is yeah. kind of what you guys are doing, which is sourcing, yeah. trying to get as close yeah. to the ingredients as possible. Yeah, uh, just honoring that and celebrating that, and recognizing how special it is. I think there's this, a notion of other, like some other place is better or some other ingredient is more special, but it's. Yeah, it's, that's the beauty of that. Like, he somehow gets how lucky he is to be there, you know, even after generations of people who've just taken that stuff for granted. And the fact that he's trying to Yeah, there's to so many people it. move out of Sicily right, right. to find something else in Sicily as far as the produce. I mean, the climate Some of the down best in the world. Yeah. So much. And, it's yeah, the stuff he's doing. Yeah. Amazing. So, and yeah, as you, would, you know, like, the countryside, like, just to drive and be like, people see this every day? Yeah. Like, so what made you guys go to Noto? Because Noto is not big. Do you just, like, randomly I think we were on our on way. Him? We were just going south that day. Well, no, it? no, no. We were going to Bronte. But was that the same direction, even? Was it to Syracuse? Was it Noto? No? no All right. No. I'll defer to you. You're better at this. Yeah. But no, we were we were going to Bronte for pistachios. So that was on our loop for yes. pistachios. Yeah. Okay. And so, so Noto was part of that. Farther south than yeah, we didn't we go there. Yeah. 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 And but it's on the backside of Mount, Mount Etna. Etna. So that was we, one of the few trios we knew ahead of time what we wanted to include. 
So normally we go to a place and we say, again, if we think back on the trip or while we're here, does something inspire us or is something special? And we went specifically because we were obsessed with pistachios and pistachio gelato and all that. So we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Sicily specifically on this trip and source some of the world's best pistachios. You know, okay, explain to people like who haven't been to Italy the difference in flavor between, you know, you eat a pistachio ice cream here yeah. and it's like the lime green. <laughs> right, right. And then yeah. you go have the real thing, yeah. which is brown. Pistachio. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, it, it like we were, so we just had a wonderful dinner yesterday with uh, another chocolate maker in Charlotte, uh, Isa, who owns the chocolate lab and the underground truffle. And we had dinner with her and friends who were from Italy. And so we made our pistachio gelato that you've, you've vegan. enjoyed. Our it's vegan. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And we were talking about that. Like they were saying, because they have a home in Italy too. You know, when, when we're there and we eat the ice cream or the gelato there, it's the ingredients are first and foremost. If you eat peach gelato, it's peaches, made from peaches, actual peaches, not colored by anything or flavored by anything. So I think they're so used to these, again, the abundance of these amazing like foods that they then turn into desserts, for example. So yeah, it was just like to go there to, uh, they have again, a similar thing where the soil is this volcanic soil and it produces like great olives and great pistachios because of the nature of the land. And so um, we just heard time and time again, this is some of the best in the world and had ordered stuff, you know, before that and had it shipped overseas. But, you know, we just were like, let's go to the source. Let's go see it. And it's totally different. I think it's we yeah, were sad absolutely. for a while because then you're like, you come back here and you try to like get pistachios. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere, and you're like, oh, why did I bother? <laughs> yeah. Were you guys Very shipping different. these pistachios to yourself? We did. You yes. didn't take that in your carry on. Okay. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, the pistachios we did. Yeah, as long, as, long as, ship, as long as they're packaged, you can bring well, them. I just didn't know yeah. how many you had and it, as far yeah, as the does weight. It, because we only end up making like a trio might have 100 bars of three mm-hmm. flavors. So we only needed 100 bars worth. We made, we brought extra and yeah. we bought paste because we have a little homemade gelato machine or homemade. Home, yeah. you know, tabletop. And you used so, the paste in that, the one you made for us, right? Didn't the you? The paste is for the gelato, yeah. the actual. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, but we've since just um, vitamins. Oh, so we, we need to give you some paste. almond paste we bought at Cafe yes. Chilia to make. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. my gosh, that well, would be, wouldn't that be amazing? Well, what's funny is we had yes. the gelato there, but we did not do the, and I don't granita. know, if the granita. Yeah. Oh, no. And that was what he was on Chef's Table for. Well, well every, you got to go back. So many yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every, absolutely. Everything there was so amazing that yeah. you didn't, you Dude couldn't didn't possibly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went, how many times did we go there? And so, like we stayed, we purposely stayed in that town. Good. It was 113 degrees every day. So, <laughs> wow. like, so hot. there yeah. wasn't, don't ever go to Sicily and end of July, August, worst time to go. Yeah. Uh, but so we just basically hung out there. Cool. We were there like, for three days. We went like five, six times. Yeah, the people there were like, "You're back." Yeah. <laughs> By the last time, they were looking at us like, again, like my six hundred pound life. They were like, "Are you sure?" Like, like it was like we were over. Do we need to have an intervention? You know I mean? <laughs> Who's gonna tell them this is yeah. too much? And then yeah. like we were just like, "Well, do the trio again. Do the trio." And yeah. Like okay. <laughs> But it but, sounds like that's the dream to go. Yeah, and it, sure. Again, the, the idea of the, it's so warm in the morning, you need to have something icy to you cool need down. It. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys did. Well, it, I right? think what's neat about that too is you did it in a way, and this is why we travel We like, for extended periods. You did it in a way that you kind of feel like you're a part of the community for a little bit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes, we hate doing overly touristy things. And that doesn't didn't feel like it. I mean, there were a lot yeah. of Italians in there. Yep. Of course, yeah. like there were a lot of people in their hoods seeing the chef's table sure, episode by right, that sure. point. Yeah. But yeah, like you get to sort of... But people don't go to Sicily. That's really. right. That it's not often, easy yeah. for to that. get there necessarily. Yeah, so. I mean, you have to know where you're going. And that's... Yeah. We like to plan... Like when we spend a month in Copenhagen, like it's not a... Yeah. It's not a London or a Paris. It's not a tourist destination. We sure. like exactly. to be more immersive, yeah. And so they have a place like that where you feel like like this is what locals do, right? Mm-hmm. They go here for mm-hmm. their morning, you know, espresso and get a granita and exactly. yeah, read the newspaper. Yeah, Jason can't read, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially Italian. <laughs> Actually, he like can read it. Italian. <laughs> yeah, ironically, there's pictures though, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. So where's your next trip? That's a good question. Um, we don't actually have anything for the first time. We're we're holding off a little bit to uh, schedule one. We um, we want to do something in the states. We tried to after you know the first few trips. We we're like, oh, we got to go to all these countries. And then we had this realization when we would be. I remember one specifically was in Italy where we met this young woman at a bus stop, 
we were trying to navigate the schedule. And so we asked if she spoke English and if she could help us. And then obviously she realized we were from the States and she had been to more states than we had by far. And in that moment, I think we felt really bad about like, wow, we live in this country that's amazing and we have barely seen any of it. So, so now we try to like rotate. We try to make sure that we see the States and yeah, it's um, really interesting when Europeans come over and they go yeah, to like... I love Seattle. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're so excited. You've never been to Park City, Utah. Right, exactly. It's like, why the hell did you go there? We have, <laughs> we have these German friends and they're obsessed with going to Florida. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And they're like, we get Ben and Jerry's and we're like, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> okay. Totally. <laughs> we're like, Florida's great. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like when I brought Zan home for the first time, I grew up in New York and, and people are like, oh, cool. And I'm like, not that in New York. You know, I grew up yeah. in like central New York in the middle of this little pastoral parochial. And so I just totally, it was all lost on me, but it was special or beautiful or anything. And then the first time I brought him, it was like seeing it for the first time because he was just like, oh my God. And so I think that's how it, how it feels now to be like, look at our country in that way with fresh eyes. Um, and I just got done reading a Gloria Steinem book that's really lovely, which you remind me a lot of her. I have to say that. Oh my god! Like, to, like no, seriously. So I like like how put so? on the cover, like like, <laughs> like, like look, look like yeah, don't totally. flatter. Oh my god, don't Gloria Steinem is the biggest babe at whatever she is now. What is she almost eighty? Yeah, she's, I mean yeah, she's yeah, beautiful. Be, yeah, so totally. thank you. Wow, that's so see, wow. See, traveler, <laughs> those boots like, when she wears those tall boots. <laughs> yeah. Nothing We're gonna better have a, in my book. This podcast is going to shift. <laughs> I know. Tara and I have a real love connection. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. Do you might want to take your headphones off? Um, but so it's just, she's saying a similar thing. She initially went to India in college and then she did some travel, but she realized there was so much about her country she didn't know and, and to travel and to, to see it, you know, from that place where you can like almost Florida, like, okay, let me rethink, you know, what that could mean. And so very long you know answer to your short question probably somewhere in the states west we've been into the desert a lot lately and visiting frequently these past couple of years new mexico well phoenix yeah. maybe is sure. what we're, we're going to do at. a little arizona this time maybe yeah. we haven't just spent a lot of time there but yeah i mean i did new mexico i think four times in the last yeah. two years it's so. an artist retreat right like a well I, I rented a casita for a month and i kind of created my own little retreat Studio. sabbatical thing yeah it was it was kind of brilliant and then i hosted i co-hosted a women in chocolate retreat the past two years so sort of linked it up with those visits um but yeah i fell in love with it we one of our first drives through we were like oh santa, santa fe. fe oh okay this is why people talk about it and then i just was just like oh the desert but i think there's something minimal about the desert that's like yeah it's appealing. I've never, yeah. I've never been out there. And it's something else amazing. that you guys are really good about that we've tried to also incorporate. You guys are very aspirational oh, for speak me. Speak for yourself. So, and we're not. <laughs> and, and like the minimalism, we're not very good at it. But you guys are really good. You guys have a very solid relationship, very strong. And you guys do a lot of things separately. We do. And I and that strengthens you all, right? Is that is that, is that accurate? Well, yeah, and that's very recent, though. You know, I mean, what do you say? Yeah, maybe the past year and a half, two years. Yeah. I mean, I th- when speaking, it. yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, her trip, her first trip to New Mexico, renting this casita. I, oh, yeah. She was there for a month, and I rent, uh, I rode my motorcycle out to see her and then did a big loop. What a loop. sexy man with a motorcycle. I know, God. right? I Just know. driving out to the desert to see his lady. These photos from the, the Gloria Steiner of men. <laughs> I know. Look at, you should show him the tech, I mean, that yeah. one yeah. Uh, Instagram. That was very sweet. Like we have this thing where um, we, we keep saying we need to just keep finding each other. And I think we make our relationship active every day. I think that's part of, it's so easy, especially after 20 years, you know, I think people get very used to each other and annoyed by one another and take each other for granted. And it's just natural. I mean, we do that with things that are wonderful um, all the time because it's just, it's there and we assume it'll always be there. And so I think we just are trying to be really mindful. Like if I wasn't with Zan, I'd want to be with Zan. If I didn't know him, I'd want to figure out how to meet him. I try to remind myself of like, you know, this is the kind of man I would want to share my time with and share, you know, my dreams with and my life with. So how do I earn that? And, and, you know, keep that a constant sort of thing in my mind. And, but for a while, we did everything together. I hired him. I was his boss. So I always joke, I'm still the boss. <laughs> and, you know, so we'd always work together. And then we created businesses together. So every day, you know, five days a week plus weekends, we were just a unit. We I'm, were Zammy. I'm, I'm her speed bump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, so it worked out well because I was, I think I was 
uh, wanting to always go and do and 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 then Zan was like let's just be and so um yeah it took a while for us to say who are we on our own so that not only are we great together but we can kind of be whole people on our own and then come back to this relationship and be more even appreciative and more grateful and have something new to bring back. Have a, a more rich experience. Yeah. No matter what it is, whether it's cooking dinner together at night or, you know. Yeah. I think it's just a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into work or working out or whatever it is, hobbies or, or things, and sometimes fail to do that with their partnerships. You know, yeah. it's like, it's not a secret. We're just really working hard at it. So yeah. it's like, it, you know, it'd be like working out really hard at the gym and having really sound nutrition of course you'd be fit and healthy because you put that in every day but it's accumulation of every day and that effort so I think our marriage is just a reflection of that it's not perfect but we work really hard every day together and we want similar things even though we're very different people and and, and so, spending time apart is like rest you know if you work out hard you need to rest and ooh, a lot of good. people don't recover or recover. else you can't see like the growth yeah, from perspective, it. Exactly. Yeah. perspective so yeah. we allow ourselves that room and it only makes everything better. And you bring back something new to talk about. Yeah, if you're with each right, other 24-7, right, right. it's like, what is there even to say, Yeah, right, after it's a true. point? Because the person knows they were there. You, you, you had the yeah. same day. And, yeah. and that's the cool thing, too, is recognizing, like, when we would travel and we'd come back and Sam would have these photos of something, and I was like, I was standing right next to you. Where, what was this? Where, where was this thing? And it was realizing even that, like, even when we are together he's experiencing life totally differently than I'm experiencing it. Like that photo is perfect evidence that I was facing east, he was facing west. We had the same day, the same place, the same experience, but yet it wasn't the same, you know? So even that was a good reminder to say, you don't know everything about this person. You you don't know everything about yourself. And we change. Totally. As we age, we change. And so to be able to navigate that together, it takes a lot of conversation and a lot of uh, empathy and, and, you know, yeah, that's why we have a suicide pact. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, Jason's going to New York by himself this weekend. And okay. I'm really proud of him because Good. Jason works really hard and does a lot and doesn't take a lot of time for himself. And so he felt like he, I'm always like, where's your me time? I'm just going to be wasted the whole yeah. time. So I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I understand your point. Baby steps. He's a teetotaler. <laughs> right. But yeah, like he's, you know, so he's going to do it and take a little, a little me time. Cause I'm not really sure. Awesome. It's like Jason doesn't even give himself the time to really think about what that means. So I'm, you know, he needs to, because well, you know, there's like, Let's tell me this about me. <laughs> <laughs> this is an intervention. This is an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about I thought food. we were just going to Yaffa. What the hell? Um, but go back, time. Go, go back to how you make a chocolate bar. Whoa. Okay. All right. Well, well, step by step. Like, sure. Okay. Because you've also, because you didn't talk about it. You went to Ecuador and to like source the You beans. brought back cacao pods. I did. That I did bring back. And I did have well, some one, stuff confiscated at the but, but you met, so you, when you, you like go to the origin. Not typically. So I was excited to, that was the first time. And, um, and that was, you know, partly we do these tastings, which are super fun. And, and it's a, a way to talk so about, fun. you know, like where does cacao come from for other people who have no idea. But it felt a little disingenuous after a while to talk about this beautiful plant and origin and these people and, this tradition and never have really experienced it. So I was being like, anecdotally, from what I've read, you know, or here's a photo I didn't take um, that I'm going to share with you. So eventually it was like, yeah, it's time to go. It's time to see this stuff, you know, for real. <laughs> so it just, I had just stepped away from the design firm and I really was trying not to travel too much. So I wanted to sort of lock myself away in the studio and then kind of had an opportunity. Someone that I knew had never met in person who had another podcast um, that was making chocolate, happened to randomly say, hey, Don't I'm going to... Don't you dare name that podcast <laughs> on this podcast. There are no other podcasts. Arch enemy. <laughs> they, they've since imploded. Um, no. Thank God. <laughs> no, they're around. They're around and healthy. And, um, but they, they just mentioned, hey, you know, going to Ecuador, if, if you and Xan are interested. And at the time, it just, you know, worked out that I was like, oh, my bags are packed, you know. I'm ready. So, yeah, met them there for the first time in Ecuador, was hosted by a wonderful woman who also makes chocolate. And we sort of flew around the country for 10 days and saw different parts and different plantations and different farms from tiny, tiny little, you know, few acres to these big, huge productions that had been in the family for generations. And it was a little weird. It was a little like, 
I always knew we were a very small drop in a bucket, but I felt like we're doing our part. And then after I went there and saw like how much work has still to be done to make things like sustainable, I felt a little like, oh God, a little existential crisis. But then it was like, you know what, but, but we're still doing our part. You know, we're still trying to bring good chocolate to people and to talk about it and to share. So yeah, that was really good. Like once I processed it, then I just felt more like, We'll, we'll continue to find good people doing the hard work at Origin to, you know, to pay these people to, yeah, to live more yeah. like legitimate lives. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of sad how most of our cacao is not done that way. Okay, so, so you got the cacao. Yes, brought back tons of it, got some confiscated, <laughs> some stuff confiscated. But Was that in your carry-on or, they, or did I they had, take it out of your check? I had like this huge... Cooler that had like tons of stuff and food inclusion possibilities, cacao. But they actually took the cacao pods that hadn't yet dried, so they were still mm. kind of living organic matter. Yeah, and it was dumb with me, but I tried. Um, I respect that. You know, I was just like going for it. I always try Yolo! to smuggle one thing on every trip, and usually I can get away with it. Is the TSA listening? I <laughs> know, right? <laughs> we're now on a list somewhere. Um, oh, God. Yeah, so it was, that was the first time we were, like, making cacao. Well, and I was able to meet, I brought chocolate to Ecuador, and I met a man who, um, whose cacao we used, and he actually ended up tasting it while I was there, which was totally frightening. Wow. But he was very complimentary and very excited about it. So that reaffirmed, like, okay, we're doing something good. And what did he say about it? He said, how many awards have you won? Oh, my and gosh. Like, what? And <laughs> but I explained. One of, there was you know, one other thing he said I thought that was really good. What's that? About their tasting, their tasting group that they use the Swiss. Oh, that was different. That's a different person. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, okay. I thought that was stories. the same thing. No. Okay. No. Right. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was wild to finally be like, we went, I saw this, you know, I saw this farm. I tasted this cacao straight off the tree in the baba, like, you know, as, as this fruit before it was fermented, I was in the houses where they were, you know, drying this, it was 140 degrees. Like it was really to be like, I experienced this for real, for real. And now we're going to transform it into a chocolate bar it just sort of felt very full circle and, and um, brought the appreciation for what we were doing to life in a nice way. So I look forward to doing more of that, you know, because we just use the Fiji beans. So I'm like, well, we have Fiji. to go to Fiji now. Oh, my gosh. That's on our list, too. <laughs> that has to happen. Yeah, like so. the Truman and Show. And that's the one you made with oat milk, or is that the 90? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so they made <laughs> this last one had oat milk. You're never, get, you're never getting it, so just like don't even worry Next about it. Next time, just ordered two batches. Uh, I did. <laughs> no, we, we got two. We Wait, gave, he we got gave two? One. We gave him a batch, too. And one of yeah, them's I mine, ordered one. I would assume. And you gave us one and uh, two for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's the accountant. I don't know. He's the numbers guy. One plus one equals two for me. <laughs> no, I have a whole set for you at the office. Don't worry. It's coming. I just You order 40,000 Amazon packages, and I can't I carry them all home. So it's on the list. I loved the one that was white chocolate with the activated charcoal. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one yeah. was. Uh, that I one just looked super batch. cool too. Yeah, I love white chocolate. I used to be, you know, people used to. It's not real chocolate, but it is real chocolate because it's got if you, as long as it has cacao, cacao butter, butter, right? And exactly. So when it's really yeah. good quality white chocolate, I mean, I love sugar. It's a little higher in sugar, <laughs> it's I think. Fat and so, sugar, yeah, fat and sugar. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Basically, activated so, charcoal is cleansing. So, so how do you yeah. go? Exactly. How do you go about making a chocolate bar? You have the cacao. Yeah, so we we um, are really interested in just doing, you know, keeping it as simple as it can be. So essentially all you really need is cacao to make a bar, which would be a 100% bar. So the percentage is just in re- reference to... Which is, if you've to, ever tried that, is almost intense. impossible. It's baking yeah. chocolate, yeah. Well, right? the 90% that? bar that's in batch 13, is it's really intense, but also um, it's doable. You know, it's like if yeah. you like dark black chocolate or if you like really, you know, certain wines or like if you have that kind of palate, it's certainly not for the uninitiated but if you can do it um and if you don't want anything sweet you know right before it like you can kind of get there yeah. but yeah it's very much like that we for example a hershey's bar is 11 percent cacao so it's mostly sugar Grandma. and many many other things <laughs> <laughs> but start, when you get to about 70 you're starting to reap some of the benefits of the cacao so we try to focus our bars above 70 every now and then we do a 65 yeah. um but we, yeah, we have a, a vague idea of how we're going to sort of approach the next batch. It's always a trio of three bars. It's always influenced in some form or fashion by the trip. So like the oat milk was because, you know, I don't, again, we don't eat dairy anymore as vegans. So 
um, they served a lot of oat milk whenever you ordered coffees. You know, I would say, do you have some sort of non-dairy? And they'd say, oh, we use oat. It's delicious. And I just kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And we thought about it before. And it was like, that's perfect. That's going to be our first dark milk bar. So, um, yeah, sometimes there's like an idea, like with Sicily, let's use pistachios. But sometimes it's like, just go somewhere and see what comes back as an influence. It tends to be things we've been thinking about that just sort of all come together because of the trip. You know, it's sort of like, that's it. There's no more requirements beyond that. And then um, we have to just decide which origins we're going to use. So this last one is Peru, Ecuador, and Fiji. Each bar has a different cacao from a different part of the world. Are you going to say something? Well, and then I was just going to say that the first step is roasting. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to literally know how Yeah, that's what he's asking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Only been like asking for 30 very, minutes. Yeah. But I, I figured we'd get technical. to it. I was trying to help you. I was trying to help you out. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I think like, we've talked about your relationship. I'm more, I'm more conceptual as well. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I, I'm fine. Do you really want I've to heard about enough okay. of you and Zan. <laughs> God. But I love him. <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry. We First we roast. Well, no. First we sort. When you get the bag, there's all sorts of little weird rocks or pebbles or pieces. So what do you mean by bad? So you're getting literally... A bag of, and explain what a cacao bean looks like. It's big. The, well, the pod. Yeah, the, the pod. They come in pods. We don't, you know, we don't get them as pods. But so a pod grows on a tree, and the pod almost is like a football-shaped kind of. Um, it's a big thing. guy. Yeah, and they, they're different sizes and shapes. Some Fruit. are rounder, some are longer. Uh, when they're growing, they're beautiful. They're the colors of the rainbow: bright purple, bright orange, bright blue. Once they come off the tree, they dry and turn brown. So oftentimes, if you see them, you'll see them brown and dried. But they're cut open, and inside of that are the seeds. And there's usually, or what we call the beans, around 40 to 50 per pod. So those are taken out, and then they're dried, and then fermented. And that's um, what you get in the And bag. that's what we get. So we get them once they've already been dried and fermented. How so do the rocks get in there? <laughs> well, because they're oftentimes done on, it's, that's done on the ground. On the ground, or yeah. Or somehow in, in a very outdoor setting, let's say. Um, so, yeah, so things get in, branches, twigs, pebbles, okay. jute. Um, so we sort them first, so we're not like roasting rocks. We're really stuff. happy when we get some that's super clean. clean. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you guys people, do yeah. that? Just you have a very in clean garage. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, we just have a right huge island. Yeah. We just yeah. sort of put them on yeah, the you island. Yeah. Big kitchen. Too. Sort them by hand. Um, you know, once you get to a bigger factory, that's all done by a machine that has a laser and they can. It just picks it. Yeah, but we do it by hand, and so then we take those, we roast them, and um, we kind of each bean has a different profile because the fat content's different. You roast flavor. them in the oven? We do. We have a just conventional oven, so we just roast some convection, and we have, like, perfed trays, and we kind of agitate. Flip, yeah. And yeah. Okay. We, it's kind of a hands-on process. It is. Mm-hmm. And then they dry for about a day, so the water content can Continue lower and moisture can escape. Evacuate, yeah. Yep. And then they have to be cracked and winnowed, so they have kind of a husk on them, similar to, like, a peanut shell, but a little bit more intense than that. Uh, so we have a way to kind of separate those two. So that we're left with just the cacao itself, which at that point is called a nib because it's broken up. Nibs. Oh, Nibs. those are good. Those yeah. are, and you can eat straight up. So that's essentially all you need. Like you could technically take that and make your 100% bar or eat them as they are. Yeah, absolutely. They're roasted at that point. Um, but we put them into a machine with sugar and a little bit of cocoa butter, and that's how we make the actual bar. And that takes three days. And what's cocoa butter? So the cocoa bean is actually 50% cocoa mass, which is what we think of as cocoa powder, and 50% cocoa butter, which is just the fat part of the bean. So if you were to buy cocoa butter, that's just like you're buying what that bean kind of expels if it was Kind of like the olive oil. Think olive oil. Mm. Exactly. The fat that comes out of the bean is cocoa butter. And if you buy cocoa powder in the store to like make brownies, that's the mass. So that's why people say white chocolate's not real, because where's that? chocolate mass, that stuff that smells and looks brown and I think of as the chocolatey part, they're saying this is just the fat that's left over. So the debate rages on. Right, but, yeah. But, you know, a lot of good chocolate isn't really made with real cocoa butter, so that's the other problem. Wait, but you so. don't, you're like, you get your own cocoa butter? We buy cocoa butter. You don't Correct. smash it. Yeah, Correct. you need a big hydraulic press to do I that. Figured. We're just, okay. yeah, we're not set up. We, okay. I looked into it. <laughs> I'm sure you did. So, <laughs> it's, so it's made like olive oil, basically pressed down. Exactly. It's but pressed yeah, you down. Need a lot of yep. force. And pressed heat. down in a puck is formed like a like a shot would be, if you you know, and then the olive or the cocoa butter just kind of runs and drips. And so it's very expensive because it's, you know, a laborious yeah. process. And, and one of the beans much. that we use, th- that uh, farmer also provides cocoa butter and we get their cocoa butter. Okay. So, yeah. so, from so the they same press their own. Or cacao butter. Right? Yeah. 
And then, uh, so we have it, we have this machine, it goes in, it grinds it for three days. Uh, and part of that is to, again, release the butter that's in the bean. It's to smooth out the texture of the bar, what will become the bar. And it's to incorporate the sugar and all the flavors. It's to let the volatiles, the bitterness, and the astringencies kind of come off of that, um, you know, at that point, liquid chocolate. And then we block it, which is just pouring it into, like, a pan. And we let ours rest for up to a month. It just depends. Mm. It's usually two, three weeks. It's sort of aging it. Wow. And the flavor profile will chill and change a little. And then we do the fun job of tempering it and molding it, mm. which is the suspenseful part. And that's when you add in the mix-ins, if there, yeah, if there so are we, back. Yeah, we like to do our inclusions back. on the bar, not in the bar. Right. So I just like the mouthfeel of having texture, and, and we like how it can be visually really interesting. So while we're tempering, we have to sort of temper and then add and then agitate. And the only time we've, the only things that we've added during conching uh, or grinding is uh, vanilla beans or the milks, the dried milks, whether yeah, it's right. uh, coconut or the oat milk. Correct. correct and correct, salt, correct. do you add salt like in a regular basic bar without any mix-ins? No. We've no. done some salt bars, but yeah, those are it's always the on inclusions the back. Yeah. on the back. Yeah, yeah. I want to eat mine right now. <laughs> I haven't been too brought, long. We <laughs> we are, uh, this batch was not as big as our normal holiday batches, so it was gone fast. But yeah, how fast do they sell out typically? Most of the batch this time was sold in the first two days. Um, wow. But we do have, so Undercurrent Coffee on Central, Free Range Brewing, and Noda, and um, Covet on Central, they carry the bars. So, But similarly, I, sh- I just dropped off a few. She sold almost all of her Wildberry bars within days. So... Um, yeah, you made special yeah. flavors for them. You gotta go get them. We've we've done that a couple times. Kind of, yeah, you had a turmeric bar last bars. last year at Free Range. The sumac, got. the sumac bar. Yeah, sumac, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we made a bar for your uh, yes, wedding. and they did. And we had talked about that on our last. We almost week's killed pod. your dog. <laughs> 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 I, forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah, so my dad was hoarding them. I didn't even know. So like every day he was staying with us, he'd put another one because we had some leftover. He'd put it. Which so the reason why we had some story, leftover yeah. is why I hate the Dunhill Hotel, <laughs> which we already talked about in our last podcast. But yeah, so like he had like six bars in his bag, and that's great. Yeah, poor Ollie. He's a, he's a fighter though. But yeah, so, so he you, said it was great chocolate. But you do custom, so if you're interested in a custom order, yeah. I mean, we wanted to do something really special for our guests. You know, people, you know, they normally get a bag with random shit in it that no one really liked. So we wanted something Charlotte. Something very local. But, yeah, local. But also, you know, from our friends. And, and they did it so we had a little insert that said welcome and all that stuff. And With your beautifully designed packaging. Yeah. It was, in our wedding color. Yeah, maybe. it was awesome. Yeah. So if you guys, you can reach out to makers at batchcraft.com. We, are local you still rate. doing... Like yeah, customers. we don't we don't advertise it, but people that we know that approach us, we've been we've done a few things like that. The collaboration yeah. bars we try to do um, with the partners who sell, uh, but we've done other kind of wedding esque like, related, like one big block bar, which is kind of cool too. Yeah, we had it was fun. We um, friends asked to do they didn't want a cake, so we did a bar, a big huge bar, and then for their one Love year anniversary, that. their mom was like, "Well, they don't have a cake. They didn't freeze a cake, so can you make them like?" Something that was like if they still had something left over, you know. So it was kind of a fun way to like. It's fun when other people think creatively about how this can be incorporated. I wish we we should have done a mitzvah, like a random mitzvah. I know, yeah. For ours. Well, when you get we can renew, yeah. When you renew your vow, when we get divorced, (laughs) yeah, divorce party, yeah, exactly. We'll do a bar. Creative, creative thinking in (laughs) action, right there. Can you do it in Italy? And we'll come to the party. Oh gosh, please, yes. We'll do a good photographer. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I don't. I don't usually do weddings, but I'd make an exception. You'd make an exception. Or divorce parties. A lot of good food. Yeah, but yeah, divorce parties are fun. (laughs) Wedding. Could also do funerals if one of us goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you thought about the funeral market? It's a market. They're very vulnerable. Good. People need chocolate in that. It's time. already a dark time. Yeah, so <laughs> dark a ninety percent bar may be just what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chocolate go class. They have yeah. This is a hundred percent because they're a hundred percent dark. I love it. I love it. This is not this is classy, which yeah. is what we're all about. Yeah. Okay, so tell tell Spoiling our listeners. I mean, you're probably gonna blow up with our. Tens oh, of listeners. True. I hadn't oh, thought about the wow. ramifications. Yeah. I know you said you don't you know, so, advertise your custom oof, bars. Oof. Watch out. I know. Um, <laughs> right. uh, tell the people where we can find your stuff. Yeah, so batchcraft.com, and that's B A T C H, batch, and craft is with a C. Uh, that's right now the place that holds everything. So you'll find a mix of 
travel and chocolate and art. Which you, you know, should sign up for a newsletter because that's when you find out when. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The release. You'll be the first to know. Yeah. Good exactly. luck. But don't be Jason. too quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find you. Yeah. Yeah. I will be the first. <laughs> and what's great is they live right next to my office, so it gets hand delivered in like three minutes. He gets great Lovely. service. So even if Jared orders it before that little day, <laughs> yeah. I still get to eat it before. So. And you're on Instagram at Batchcraft. Yes. Batch underscore craft. Dang it. Batch underscore yeah, craft. I hate to say that, but underscore oh. craft. That guy, I want to find him. I know. Yeah, who so, is that? Like, what's he doing? It's like with a non-active account. account. I hate that. Refuses that. to That's respond to me. That's what our Facebook. Someone has <sighs> at Stallion so, Pancake. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy Chow in New York. She hasn't posted <laughs> in two years. Yeah, no. Little dead. We need, to find, we need to find these people. We need to find these people and make it right. That's all I'm saying. I mean, we would. If you're out there and you're we listening, we pay a little. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. just give it up. Right. Exactly. Yeah, we'll pay a lot. Exactly. Sydney Chow. And then where can we find you, Zan? If you want to give it out. Um, He's so enigmatic. At Zan Maddox is my Instagram Zan Maddox.com. You have a beautiful site do, that your loving wife no is under- and, and socialdesignhouse.com. Yeah, well. definitely yeah. check if you're and interested. All of your design needs. Yeah. yeah. Social design, they do excellent work. Thank you. Because you, who's some other people? You obviously did Huda. You did yeah. us. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. You've been doing clients, some Habitat work. Yeah, some Habitat. Good. York is County really Visitors good. Bureau. You did that parking. The parking yeah, app, yeah. Yep. preferred yep. parking, yep, absolutely. So, yep. Why, why do I know more about your clients? <laughs> you're, you're just speaking. <laughs> you're just speaking faster than I am. Uh, you know, <laughs> the story of our life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. This is fun. It is fun. Now yeah. we're gonna NPR go eat some Yafo. That's right. <laughs> so, I'm and don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Terry Gross. I'm sorry. I wish I were Steve Schwedy. Well, and and <laughs> thank you for having us. We yeah. appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Coming. We've been trying to get you. You guys are so busy. It's like freaking the president. Well, except he's less honored. busy. Um, he just tweets. So. Try to get us now after this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I have to say, I told someone yesterday. I told I was telling Issa that we're doing it, and she's like, "Scotty Pancake." I listened to their podcast. No so way. I was like, oh, wow. I'm so wow. excited for you guys. You're doing a great job. Well, we're trying. All those food people appreciate. Yeah, we might have some new sponsors coming up. Yeah. Exciting yeah. new sponsors. We're very yeah. excited. And we love having food friends on. I mean, that just makes it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. we can talk to each other in the car all day, but, we, you know, <laughs> but in here in the studio. And their bars, real. their chocolate bars are the best chocolate bars of all time. Oh. I'm not... Nothing else compares. I mean, I am biased, no but... No bias there. <laughs> they're very good, and, and it's $25 for a three-pack. Yes, but and you can buy them separately. No, but don't do that shit. That. No, well, no, no, you no. know, I mean, so locally, they're sold separately. They're yeah. not necessarily... Go, yeah, if you go, go on their next release, buy all three and try them. It's a them. fun story to have yeah. all three, yeah. I think. They're all Go awesome. to one of the Different. tastings. Do you guys have any tastings coming up? Uh, free range. We're going to do a tasting March 1st, so that's we haven't oh. obviously but that's started for the promoting it yet. That's no, no, no. That's a public one. They can buy tickets yeah, to that? Yeah, you can buy tickets to that. Okay, so March it'll 1st. be a pairing with that. beer, Ooh. with free range beers. And that'll they can be a fun clap. find that on the free yeah, range tell website? tell them Scallion Pancakes your website. You. We, just, we just agreed to the date, so we'll probably start promoting it here soon. And yeah, awesome. once we do, we'll have it for sure on ours, and you can buy tickets. So Yes. Yeah, put in code Scallion Pancake, and it'll be 10% more. Just kidding. No, <laughs> or will it? Or will it? <laughs> but make sure you're following us on Stallion Pancake at Stallion Pancake Duh. on Instagram Duh. at Stallion Pancake on Twitter at Stallion Pancake Blog. Fuck you, Cindy Cho on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter on StallionPancake.com so you can get our latest. And uh, we've got some merch for Christmas. And if you order in the next two weeks, you'll get it before then. It's getting so, chilly. Get yourself a scallion pancake yeah. sweater. Do you, ha- do you have a friend who loves puds? Yes. They probably want to wear a pud. They do. Yeah. So why don't you buy one? Play us out, little tuna. I guess I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs>